When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal Sace here alongside Justin Barney. Justin Jaguars, 1-0. and 1-0. 1-0. That's all you can ask for. It doesn't matter style points or whatever. But Jaguars, 1-0. Was not pretty. Oh, really, kind of the blueprint they followed last year. It was play bad for a little bit of time. And then that furious comeback, and it makes it all look good. 10-point win, 31-21. Mm-hmm. A little more challenging than what we expect. It definitely was a little bit more challenging. The Colts... Gave them a run for their money. For what it's worth, I'll say Anthony Richardson looked like he played a really good game, better than what I expected from the rookie quarterback. Uh, he looked better in a Colts uniform than he ever did in a Gators uniform, very controlled as a passer. He uses athletic ability at times, able to really show off what he can do. And he gave that Jaguars defense just about everything they could handle. Yeah, and 31-21 we said, and the final score was a little deceptive yeah. because of how tight it was. I mean, in the last – nine minutes of the game thing completely flip we'll get to the to big plays in a second but i was happy with how the jaguars played against anthony richardson right enigma you don't know what to expect out of him we knew what he was at florida he was a great athlete had some issues as a pocket passer yep um and again you you knew i mean mike caldwell said this guy is an athletic freak in the backfield yeah he don't know what to expect we got to plan for anything and he didn't use his legs as much as i thought um, he did have a lot of more intermediate passes, and I think the game plan of probably a little vanilla for him scaled mm-hmm. down a little bit. I think the next time Jacksonville sees the Colts, Anthony Richards is going to have a little more tools in the toolbox to use, but I think Jacksonville played as well as possible. The defense kept them in that game on Sunday, and really good to see. Um, I mean, Foye Lua can bat down a pass at the end. Darius mm-hmm. Williams, a, a big breakup uh, on the two-yard line. So a lot of big, big defensive plays, and you kind of hope for that offense to get back in gear, and I think they will. First game with uh, some new parts, some new pieces. Offensive line left a little to be desired. But overall, yeah. happy with the divisional win in week one. A play team not won since 2017. All right, let's take this step by step. Let's actually start with some news that broke prior to the game. Press Taylor officially has the keys to the Jaguars' offense. Doug Peterson has turned the play calling over to his offensive coordinator. Doug said that last year, Press was actually calling plays in the second halves of games similar to what Andy Reid allowed Doug Peterson to do early on in his career. So now, Press Taylor calling plays on the offense. I know a lot of people maybe were questionable on some of the things that were along the way, but play calling's an art. It's an art. There's an art to it. Um, I don't think he did that bad. I don't think the offensive line did him any favors, though. Mm-hmm. Of course. And, yeah, I think some of the some of the, the runs and, and you're on fourth and one and you do a pitch-out play. I mean, I, I think there were some plays in hindsight that could have been called differently. Um, but, again, that's pressed growing. I mean, this is his second year in, in the system. It's yep. first time calling plays for the entire game. Uh, Dirk Peterson said, hey, Press was calling the plays during some of our unbelievable comebacks in the second half right. last year. So, Doug Peterson did that with Andy Reid. Doug's doing that with his uh, star pupil and Press Taylor. Maybe the last season we see Press Taylor Jacksonville if things go according to plan for Jacksonville. But I think Press things to clean up. But, again, you want to be that innovative guy and yeah. – Give guys their chances. Doug is doing that, and uh, you're going to go and, and 
sink or swim with it. Look, I think the biggest misstep for them was letting this news come out on game day the way it did. Because that puts all eyes on the Jaguars' offense, and it didn't kind of have to be that way. Keep in mind, it's like Justin just said, Press Taylor is a future NFL head coach, and there's no doubt about that in my mind. He's going to get a job. He's going to get one pretty soon. Uh, but because of the way they did it, with that news coming out that like prior to the game, everybody's all eyes on the Jaguars' offense and trying to see just how Press Taylor handles those duties. Mm -hmm. And because of that, some of those other plays were under the microscope. Keep in mind, like the pitch play. This isn't the first time we've seen them do that in short yards. They did that last year. And at times it worked, at times it didn't. And we were like, ditch the pitch, go straight up yeah. the middle. Um, but it, this isn't new, some of the things. These are tendencies that are built into that offense, at least with the way it's currently constructed. And keep in mind, like my thing, the Denver scored 31 points. Right. And everybody was like, oh, they could have played better. What do you want, boy? Like, when was the last time legitimately we said, Man, the Jaguars scored 31 points. Yeah, but that's not good enough. Like <laughs> two years ago, this was the lowing, lowest scoring team <laughs> in franchise history in 16 games. I mean, that was you just don't do that. So yeah, this is. I mean, 31 points is very good start for the Jaguars, considering they did not yeah. play well for four quarters. They played well for probably two and a half quarters of that game mm -hmm. yesterday. So I, again, a slow start, yes, and. You know, for the, the Jamal Agnew plays, the pitch plays and stuff, we saw a lot of that in training camp. We saw a lot of pitches to Jamal Agnew trying to run a receiver reverse. Um, in training camp, you're not allowed to report on those plays, but we saw a lot of those mm -hmm. in training camp. So they've been trying to work on that. It did not work yesterday. No. Um, and again, I think, uh, you know, some of the play calls on fourth and one, it's to me it's ridiculous that you still can't sneak on fourth and one or running back up the middle of fourth and one get a first down we thought tank bixby that would be the solving you know with travis Etienne last year was not a good back at getting that fourth and short yard situation Tank bixby they drafted him for that reason so um a little surprising to see they didn't go to tank in that kind of situation but um he had a up and down day but i'm just curious and i think it's probably boils down to the offensive line why there were so many struggles on those short yarded situations uh I think part of it definitely is the offensive line situation. We saw a little bit of a change in some of the philosophies in those short yardage plays, especially after Brandon Sheriff got hurt, which is understandable because Brandon Sheriff is their best offensive lineman. If you're in a clutch moment, you're going behind Brandon Sheriff. Now, the one thing that was frustrating for me, you drafted a running back named Tank, and you're not using him. He wears number four. That means use him on fourth down. I mean, I edit. You drafted him specifically for that reason. I mean, the thunder, the lightning element, with Travis and Tank, I mean, that Travis is your speed back. Yeah, he can hit the hold, but, I mean, you know, when I think of Travis Etienne, I think of the play, the Chargers game last year on fourth down. I mean, when he sweeps outside, right. runs that, you know, turns the Jets on. But Tank is uh, – Tank, I mean, for God's sake, he's not a, he's not a uh, you know, a guy <laughs> who's, you know, sidestepping and, and turning on the edge. I mean, he's a guy that you drafted specifically to get you those yards in short yard situations. Reminds me of that. Urban Meyer Bengals game when you have James Robinson on the bench and you're on a you know in, in down territory oh, inside the two yard line. Carlos Hyde and run your guy, oh. run your man up the gut, and that's what they got Tank Biggs before. He's a perfect compliment. I don't agree with some of those play calls where you're in shotgun or you're taking and trying to do a pitch on fourth and one, and you're already three yards behind the line of scrimmage when you make that play. So yeah, I do think there's some growth areas. The offensive line has got to get better, but I want to see a Tank Bigsby run on a fourth and one situation. Not a Trevor sneak. I want to see something like that happen, especially when these guys named Tank. Well, hey, look, Travis had a, a fantastic run at the end of the game, but by far, to me, the best play he had all day 
was that Calvin Ridley catch on the outside. And you oh, just yeah. see Travis Etienne boom, yeah. speed right by him to lay a block there. I mean, that's some real speed because Ridley was he was hauling downfield. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's pumping it up, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 yard block from Travis Etienne mm-hmm. that play set up. And yeah. um, great play, and that set up a touchdown for the Jags. So, again, Travis Etienne played well. The numbers, you know, eh, don't tell his whole story. Some big blocks. On a punt return for Jamal Agnew, so the little things like that, I think we're good to see from Jacksonville, even when the offense is not playing at its sharpest. Right. They they definitely played a complete game. Now, one player that I don't think there's going to be any argument here on if they played sharp or not, Calvin Ridley. First introduction to him in a Jaguars jersey, and he scored the first touchdown of the year. He had the first over 100-yard receiving game of the year. Only Jaguars receiver to get to that number yesterday. Big day for number zero. Absolutely, and that's what you expect. We saw flashes of that in the preseason. We've seen it at training camp. I don't know how many times we looked at each other and said, oh, my God, this lunch. Calvin Ridley is going to be the guy. But yeah. to actually see him do that in an NFL game, I get starters in an NFL game. Yeah. It's not, you know, not just five drives in the NFL preseason. This is against the number one guys, knocking off that regular season game rust. I mean, 686 days since he last played in a regular season game. So, right. great for Calvin Ridley. Kind of cut into some production of some other players, but I don't care. I I love to see that alpha male receiver. I, we've been talking about alpha male receiver for the last three years, you and I, repetitively. Mm-hmm. Right. And they finally have one. They definitely do. And, I mean, the, the dynamic is going to be one that takes some time to kind of grow for all of these guys. At last year, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk hit career-high marks uh, and had phenomenal seasons. Probably not going to get back to those numbers. Christian Kirk caught just one pass. Calvin Ridley is getting so much attention. But now they've got two receivers, three receivers that can draw that attention away to different pieces because on the, the pass where Zay Jones caught this great touchdown pass, the defense had two guys occupying Christian Kirk. It, it's that different attention-getters that they have around the field. I mean – and having those sorts of weapons that the defense is like, well, we got to account for this guy. Yeah, we got to account for this guy. Is going to open up other players. Absolutely. And I think you saw that with Christian Kirk, first thousand yards receiving season last year. He was the guy for the Jaguars last season. Right. He's not going to be asked to be the guy week in, week out this year. And I think that suits Christian Kirk's game plan. I think that suits Christian Kirk to yeah. be that that. 1B receiver, and I think Calvin Ridley, I mean, you've got that 1A alpha receiver, mm-hmm. and Zay Jones is that perfect number three, but again, yesterday did not, they didn't call Christian Kirk's number because Calvin Ridley had the hot hands, Zay Jones had his catches as well, the great touchdown catch, catching the year candidate in week one, um, and Evan Abram had four balls for about 55 yards, so yeah, there's there's one ball, it's got to go to a lot of different mouths, yeah. a lot of different mouths. All right. Let's go to the defense. Because I, I, I think the defense won the yeah. Jaguars the game. They kept them in it. They made some big, crucial fourth-down stops. Yep. we got to talk about the defense. We can start with the pass rush. We've talked about this ad nauseum. Essentially, it's boiled down to Justin took Josh Allen. I've taken Trayvon Walker. Early receipt, so Josh Allen's in the lead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's good, though. It's, for Jacksonville to have a pass rush that's capable of anything, you're going to have to have production from Josh Allen. Caleb on chase on Traven Walker, um, Roy Robertson here. You're going to have to yes. have a lot of production from guys. There's no Larry Eric Donald on this team. No. There's no Nick or Joey Bosa. I mean, you've got to have production from everywhere. Um, and you've got to have it from the rookies, Yusir Abdullah. And right. it just so happens that yesterday Josh Allen had three sacks, statistically three sacks. I think it was more, <laughs> le- more legitimate one sack yeah. and. You know, two kind of touch plays for uh, back-to-back sacks. That effort plays. Effort plays weren't truly 
truly sacks. But on the stat sheet, three sacks for Josh Allen. Trayvon Walker had one. Trayvon was disruptive. Mm -hmm. You like to see that. And defense, like you said, won them the game yesterday. I know there was the um, the uh, Travis Etienne touchdown run, Tank Bigsby run. Those were byproducts of good special teams and good defense. Definitely were. Look, the pass rush has been kind of that, that worry point for us throughout this entire process as we talk about that Jaguars defense, the worry point. Like, where can they improve? It's the pass rush. The pass rush. Well, Josh Allen showed up. Trayvon Walker showed up. And, uh, look, we can say it right now. If, if those two guys both get into double-digit sacks, I like the Jaguars' chances of making it to Vegas because yeah. uh, they just have that sort of team, and that was the question mark. The secondary is good. The linebackers should play pretty well, but that pass rush, it was like, can they do what they need to do when they need to do it? And they did against the Colts' offensive line that's a really good unit. Pretty good team, yeah. And I think going into the season, we've had conversations at training camp, OTAs. Who's going to be? Are you going to go out and trade for a pass rusher? Are you going to sign some guy? I mean, you didn't do address it in the draft like we right. thought they would. Yeah, you see our duel, early returns on him look good and limited amount of reps. I think Yasir is going to make his way, maybe next year be that – um, maybe be that missing piece who can kind of mm -hmm. take that step forward. But you didn't do anything to address the immediate in terms of getting a guy in a trade and free agency in the draft. So you're hanging your hat on guys who were in the system already. And, yeah, the early returns on Josh Allen through four years have been more hype than actual production. Right. Or a great rookie season, pro bowler as a rookie, but never been able to match that. So, again, Jacksonville did not sign him to a big deal. He's on the fifth-year option. You saw a little bit of that possessive, you know, that I've got to have a great season. Yes. I've got to perform. And if he keeps playing like that, this Jaguars defense is going to be all right. You know what Trayvon Walker is capable of? He's mm -hmm. a disruptor. You saw that yesterday. He uh, forced Anthony Richardson out of the pocket, stepped up. Trayvon had the sack. But I think Trayvon's best asset right now is just being that disruptor, that pocket collapse, or making that quarterback know, hey, I'm right here. I'm right here. All right, let's turn the page because the Jaguars are one to know, and I know we'll probably talk a little bit more about this later. But one win doesn't define your season. If, if that was the case, ultimately we'd hang our hat and say the Cowboys are Super Bowl champions, and we know that ain't going to happen. So, um, no, I, look, everybody was kind of let down, like, oh, well, it was a bad win. They, they wouldn't have beat a lot of other teams like that. But ultimately, one to know is one to know, and it's just the first week of the season. Like, think about this. The Colts or the Jaguars beat the Colts in week one of 2020. They played out of their minds. Almost a perfect game. Gardner Minshew did not miss. People were saying he was the best quarterback in the state of Florida. And that was the only one they got that entire season. Yeah, one and that was it. So you peaked in week one. You don't want to peak in week one. This team has not peaked in week one. This team went out there, played a little, eh, a little eh kind of game, but they won. And now you get to move on to week two where you're going to have to play a little bit of a cleaner game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, they're playing here. And had you told me the Jags are the one, how they did yesterday, I probably wouldn't have believed you. They tend to lose those types of games historically. But, again, winning on the road, Indianapolis, a place you've not won at since 2017. You've won five games there all time entering this season. That's just pathetic. So it's a division win. Yes, style points. It was not pretty. But – you knock the rust off. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs got beat by the Lions in week one. So anything is possible. Yes. You knock the rust off this past week. You clean things up for the Chiefs. You hope, um, you know, you can kind of seal the deal. You know, last year, I, the, the hang-up to me last year, the, the takeaway from last year, mm -hmm. Chiefs 
in Kansas City divisional round, you can't get to Patrick Mahomes. Right. You can't get to a gimpy Patrick Mahomes. Right. Show that you can get to him now. Show that that gap has closed a little bit. It reminds me of that 2018 season where you lose to the Patriots in AFC Championship game. They come here, I believe, in week four, mm -hmm. and Jacksonville played out of its mind said, hey, we're not that same team from last year where you're going to beat us and bulldoze us around. I'd like to see a statement like that for the Jaguars to get to Patrick Mahomes, to force him into some bad throws, and to show you're ready to take that next step. And I think, you know, Jacksonville in 2018 did not make that next step. That was their highlight win of the season. It played out of their mind. Um, but I think Jacksonville, if they can, this team is different than that one. Yeah. If they can take that step, beat the Chiefs like they did the Patriots in that 2018 season after the FC Championship game, I think this team is positioned to do great things and not finish like that 2018 team. I think the mentality is there. I think the talent is there. Um, and I think, man, the bank is going to be rocking on Sunday. Yeah, they got to stay healthy. This is a big game against the Kansas City Chiefs weeks two. Now, keep in mind, if we go on into this and we said, oh, one team goes into this game 0-1 and, and one team comes in 1-0, and uh, we might have maybe discussed the Chiefs as being the team with the loss, but more than likely we would have been guessing that the Jaguars had lost that game. But it, it's not an ideal situation that the Chiefs are coming in 0-1. Uh, you, you like to see a champion staggered, but not when you're the one that has to come right behind them. Like, keep in mind, last year, the, the Colts beat the Chiefs, and they turned around, and they, they rattled off wins in a row. This is a team that does not lose consecutive games very often. Last time the Chiefs went 0-2, Doug Peterson was still their OC, and uh, that was back in 2014. Not long time. So it, it's been a long time. Having them lose that first game puts the Jaguars kind of on their heels to start with because you know the Chiefs are going to come in swinging, mm -hmm. and they're coming out swinging. Yep. Then the big question is, do Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones get out on the field? Because if those two guys get on the field, they are two game changers. Yeah, I don't think Chris Jones is back this week. I think he's, again, he's not been at training camp. He's been holding out. I don't think if he's signed tomorrow, he's going to be back on the field. Like he takes some um, time to get back in game shape and get his legs. Travis Kelsey, on the other hand, Jaguars could not cover him last year. No. And you think he's going to be back on the field this week. He missed the opener due to injury. Reports are he's probably going to be ready for the Jaguars game. So, again, that's another invitation. How much have you improved? How much have you closed that gap? Because the Chiefs are the barometer. They're measuring stick in the AFC. So you need to get out there, show that you can bang with them, just like the 2018 Jags came out and thumped the Patriots. Right. You've got to come out and, and prove you can bang with an elite AFC team. Um, Patrick Holmes is, is at his peak. I mean, hurt last year in the playoffs. And they still couldn't, mm -hmm. still could not touch him. So – I want to see Jacksonville come out and do it. I don't think Chris Jones will be there. I think Travis Kelsey will be back. All right, so this is a Victory Monday episode. So let's uh, let's hand out a game ball. Who is your player of the game for the Jaguars before we look ahead a little bit? I'm going to probably, if, if I'm going to give a game ball, and it's tough to give it because I you know no offensive guy. And Calvin, Calvin had a good game. Um, but yeah. I'm going to say Josh Allen, game ball. For okay. Um, and, and, yeah, three sacks is good. You have three tackles for loss, ten total tackles. And I think, you know, just trying to find a – a defensive player for that game. I know the offense had 31 points. Man, that defense, whether it's Tyson Campbell with a pick, whether it's, uh, I mean, it, the list goes on. Trayvon Walker. Right. I mean, Rolando Blackson had a fumble. I mean, there have been so many guys. Fouye Lewican led the team in tackles, had a huge pass break up in the end zone on fourth down. Yeah. Um, there's been so many defensive guys that had games yesterday. Yeah. Um, and really, the defense only gave up 14 points, you know, with that fumble return in there. So they played right. a great game. Um, but I'm going to hang the hang it on uh, hang it on Josh Allen. Three sacks, ten tackles, 
uh, in an effective rusher uh, against the Colts. It was definitely a good game for Josh Allen. I, I'll give him some points there. I didn't realize. So he, the two of his sacks were on like back-to-back yeah. plays, and I remember like looking at one. I was like, well, that was behind the line. That counts as a sack. And then I looked at the stat sheet, and it was like thirty sacks. I was like, what did you get that? Oh, they were on back-to-back plays. Oh, oh I didn't even realize um, that because that's two of them were kind of, kind of plays. Right. Uh, but, yeah, no, he made, definitely made an impactful play. Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker played phenomenal, getting pressure on Anthony Richardson, a little bit of a different kind of quarterback. Now, against Pat Mahomes, they have to get pressure to right. a different point. Um, for my player of the game, I'm going to go a little bit of different. If I could give it to the whole defense, I would, just because I think they played great. But I'm going to go Jamal Agnew. That return late in the game changed the dynamic for the Jaguars. I mean, that return is what I really feel like changed everything. If he doesn't return that, or if that return doesn't come together just perfectly, the Jaguars are starting inside the five, which is less than ideal. In a crucial point, they were still losing at that time. That return was huge, and it was one of those plays where you're like, what is he doing? What is he doing? What is he doing? Oh, no. Oh, no. And then all of a sudden, you're like, run! You know, it, it just is that kind of play, and that was like a moment where you say, all right, you know Jamal Agnew is one of the better returners in the league. You kind of just got to let him do his thing, and he did it. And it was a huge return in a huge moment for his team right when they needed it. Absolutely. You fair catch that or you let that bounce. I mean, let's say he, he fair catches that or lets that bounce. I mean, fair catches that you're at the six. You got a 94-yard field and an offense yeah. has been treading water all day. You let it go in the end zone. You still got an 80-yard field, 80, 75-yard field. I mean, you have a lot of work to do if Jamal Agnew does not field that punt and take right. it the way he did. There's some good blocks on that return as well. Um, so very good special teams played by Jamal Agnew. You completely flip the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go from your six to the to the Colts 46 yep. and one fell swoop. And for an offense that was struggling and really trying to find its way, two turnovers, um, that was a huge play. Huge play. So I, I agree with you, Archibald. All right, so as we kind of wrap things up, I, one bit of news that I want, I, I know I mentioned it earlier, Brandon Sheriff left the game. He returned to the game, left again. Uh, they're saying that he's day-to-day with a sprained ankle, so we'll keep an eye on him throughout the week to see if he's ready to go. All right, let's peek ahead a little bit to that Chiefs game. Uh, let's talk, uh, pick one player that you think is going to be key for the Jaguars uh, to walk away with a win. Keep somebody on the roster, it can be anybody w- except for Trevor. Because uh, that, that's just a gimme on every play, on, on every one of these questions. So any player on the Jags roster that you think will be key to them walking out 2-0 next Sunday in the bank uh, besides Trevor Lawrence? I, I'm going to say it's got to, to me, it's got to be somebody on defense. I think it's got to be Trayvon Walker. I think it's got to be Josh Allen, Foyer. It's got to be somebody who covers Patrick Mahomes, who, who swarms Travis Kelsey. I think the offense is going to put up some points against mm-hmm. the Chiefs, but I'm I've got to see something out of defense. You, you got picked apart in the AFC Divisional game last year by Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. You couldn't even get to it. Give me Patrick Mahomes and bring him down. So it's got to be somebody off that defense, whether it's Trayvon Walker, pressure on the quarterback, whether it's Josh Allen getting in there and making disruptive plays, whether it's Roy Robertson Harris. Somebody on that defense has got to do something. Um, and they've got to shut Travis Kelsey down, and they've got to rein in Patrick Mahomes. So I think the offense, I, I'm going to tilt completely the other side. Somebody on that defense – um, and I'll say Josh Allen again. I know I've been I've been banging the Josh Allen drum, but he's a game changer. He gets in there. He gets in there and, and gets things done. So, to me, disrupt Patrick Mahomes. Yep. It can come from anybody on that defensive line in the secondary, and you got to shut down Travis Kelsey. So, I'm going to say a linebacker is going to be on Travis Kelsey uh, a good portion of the day. So, Devin Lloyd. I mean, somebody is 
I'm finding it hard to name one guy because, I mean, it's going it's it's to be a, a team cast effort. of stuff. So, a Devin Lloyd, a Josh Allen, a Trayvon Walker, those guys have got to make a difference against those two big Chiefs core players. Well, Josh Allen did say that this is a personal kind of game for him. He said that he didn't play his best in the two Chiefs games last season, so this one was personal. So, we'll see if Allen uh, can have another uh, big game. He set the bar high for himself with three sacks, yep. so maybe he can duplicate that on Patrick Mahomes this go-around. All right, if I got to pick one guy – I'm going to go with Antonio Johnson. I don't know if he's going to play. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. But if Travis Kelsey goes, you need somebody who can cover him. We saw last year the Jaguars didn't have an answer. I know it's a lot of pressure to put on a rookie who hasn't played an NFL game yet to go out there and cover the best uh, tight end in the NFL. But I think he can do it. Uh, look, the, the Jaguars need this guy to be a player. He has size. He has speed. He has strength. He will hit. And they've put him in positions during training camp to try and prepare him for what they need him to do on Sundays. They put him one-on-one with Evan Ingram day in and day out to try and prepare this guy, and they liked what they saw. They think that Antonio Johnson is a good player. He could be have a role on the defense whenever he's healthy. It depends on how long the hamstring kind of takes. It would be ideal if he could be ready for this week, especially if Travis Kelsey goes, because if not, I think we're sitting there grasping straws like, all right, what are you going to do for this yep. guy? Uh, because you you need somebody who has size, you need somebody who has speed, yep. and Travis Kelsey will still push you around, so you yep. need somebody who can kind of muscle you back. So a safety like Antonio Johnson will be perfect. I, I'm i in the Antonio Johnson fan club yep. at this point, he, but I think he's a he guy. Also in, Jamal was also in the Brian Branch fan club. It was. Last <laughs> week, Brian Branch just happened to have a pick sick off Patrick Mahomes in the Lions game. So. Maybe Jamal's forecasting a little bit. He was, he was <laughs> Jamal was on the Brian Branch hype train throughout draft season. He yep. liked Antonio Johnson as well, so maybe a little, maybe a little foreshadowing. Hey, what a, what a foreshadowing! It's it's my guys. Look, they're on the guys list. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll talk more about the the Chiefs game as we kind of inch closer to game day. Don't forget, you can always track down more Jaguars content over on newsforjacks.com underneath that sports page. And always, you can check out our other stuff over on YouTube. And you can get this podcast anywhere that you get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a comment. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.